0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm here in the hot seat again with Stanley Lee and Sean Mahoney from NetSwitch. Hello, both. Hey, James.
1: Hey, James. How are you Somebody, guys doing? Somebody's in the hottest seat this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: really? Okay. We, we stay tuned. Oh, I, the I, hot yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it is the week of uh, for FireEye taking all the you know uh, um, hotspot for the week, and because that's. The company usually people would go to when they get hacked. I'm talking about people who go to them are like governments, large enterprises, all the big corporation would go to FireEye, Mandian for their cybersecurity expertise. And they are the one that got hacked this week. And of course, that's the big news for the industry and it shocked the world, if I may. And of course, you know, and a, a lot of our audience would wonder why we should talk about it, it has nothing to do with us. It's FireEye, it's all those big corporations that they have millions to spend what has got to do with us. The first impression I have is WannaCry. You know, if you don't know people don't know who WannaCry what WannaCry is. It is a type of ransomware that has been gone around for years and taking in millions if not billions of dollars from around the world is a type of ransomware that several years ago and that being the similar type of case that was stolen from nsa national security agency and then it turned into a different type of malware that would able to pass a lot of anti-virus anti-malware solutions and able to get into people's computer and executing those ransomware that's the first impression i have in my mind from this fire eye attack because it is similar type of case that um, the hacker able to stole the what we refer as the red team tools the red team is how we can penetrate into different security network to test their cybersecurity posture and penetrate it through firewall, antivirus, anti-malware and see how much we can extract and then let the customer know that, hey, this is how much we were able to penetrate through and using this type of tool to get in to do our job as a red team um, pen testing. And that's what has been stolen. And of course, the news is still coming out. It's only happened in a few days, although this has, you know, FireEye had already notified the employees to change the password two weeks ago, but it's still news is still coming out a little bit by little bit. And they already announced what has been stolen from FireEye. And it was those type of penetration tools that they were got stolen. And that's what it relates me to think about the WannaCry situation. And my concern is those company or those personal uh, you know, accounts and computers, if they have not done any hygienes and the cyber hygiene what we refer to, um, they gonna get hit again, just like the WannaCry. And these are the things that I'm so concerned um, for the smaller guy in particularly. It's because that usually that the hackers would go for the low hanging fruit and it has becomes a, basically it's a marketplace people, the hackers go into the dark web in such marketplace to buy these type of penetration tools to penetrate into various type of accounts. And of course, if your cybersecurity posture or hygiene is not done correctly, then it's an easy target for them. And a lot of times that now we see it is being automated hacking. So these type of tool being stolen from FireEye is now can convert it into another automation tool sets for the hackers to penetrate into other accounts or other network. And that's my concern is really those people that who are not prepared, who have not done anything about it and you know they don't want to pay the attention you know in the last few years and the last decade i think that they're going to be in for another surprise just similar to wanna cry in you know few years maybe few months to come and you know i don't know how long it's going to last but definitely this is going to be another one that's going to you know has a financial impact to a lot of companies and individuals
2: you know, it was substantial enough here that the FBI commented on an ongoing investigation, which typically they don't do that. Specifically, when it comes to cyber issues, they uh, cyber incidents, they don't talk about who they're involved with, even if the company itself says they've contacted or working with the FBI on solving the incident. The FBI doesn't comment. They did in this case, and that does give you an indication. As Stanley was saying, the tools that were stolen, much like when the NSA was had their stu- tools stolen, it's the bad guys now have tools to get into vulnerable networks, and these are sophisticated tools, and with the ability to automate some of the stuff. Now, um, it, the small to mid-sized companies that don't have the proper protections in place to identify uh incidents or to ensure that they even have the right updates and patches and configurations done correctly to begin with it puts them at risk
1: yeah and a lot of people still wonder why are they targeting the small businesses why me (laughs) right it's just money they just want to get the financial incentive and sean had talked about do you have cash Do you have digital assets if you do digital assets including you know bank accounts and whatever your credit card information do you have that if you have that that's what they're going after as simple as that and there is not a whole lot of things that uh, um, that people needed to do to increase their awareness and to my surprise a lot of companies that you know we talked about LastPass, we educate our clients to use free tools like LastPass to manage their password. Oh, it's too complicated. And was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, Is is it complicated to use a LastPass or is it more complicated after you got your identity being stolen after your credit card being stolen that you have to call you have to get the you know uh, uh, um, go renew your id to re your social security number have to restart all over again what is being more complicated i think that we try to emphasize that many many times and I know that we're going to need to continue to do that because a lot of people are just comfortable in their comfort zone and they don't want to change. But that's what I'm worried about is the you know similar type of case of wanna cry with this FireEye incident. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. There's going to be a more hacking activities coming to those people who are not prepared and who do not want to change.
0: And so my question for you is, so the people that – do conduct penetration testing on their on their network infrastructure how often typically do they conduct those kinds of tests because i guess we're getting into a situation where if you do that once a year and then and you even if you did it six months ago three months ago now there's a whole different scenario you need to be prepared for and so what you did three months ago is pretty
1: much out of date is that fair yes absolutely and and this is a f- our favorite topic you know the penetration <laughs> software right and penetration testing and uh, you know sometimes history do repeat itself and 15 years ago as i said that vulnerability scanning uh, there were no automated tools for uh, vulnerability scanning we have to stitch up a bunch of Smaller programs to do our penetration, uh, to do our vulnerability scanning, and and it was not a completely automated. And and again, I admitted my mistake. I missed the mark. I thought that we need to do the manual, you know, or we using those type of smaller programs to do those type of semi automatic testing forever. That would be the best way to do it. But unfortunately, we are just not fast enough to conduct those scannings. We are just not consistent enough in the result that we're getting to utilize those tools. Eventually we were out of the market space. A few years later we could not get a, we could not find a client to, you know, to leverage our skills to do those manual or semi automatic testing anymore. And of course, as we all know, labor has caught co- you know, it costs more. So it was not practical. And now with the tool, that automated tool that you mentioned, penetration automated tool testing on the market space, that's why we pushing out so hard to our client, and just like you're saying, to do it unlimitedly, you know, whenever you can, just like what the vulnerability scanners doing nowadays. You know, used to be we do it in ma- uh, annually, and then semi annually, and then maybe quarterly, and that's it. And now people are using those vulnerability scannings or vulnerability assessment tools, do it on a weekly basis. And that's where we see that it needs to be done because of WannaCry or all those type of malware happening like that, that the typical vulnerability scanning or assessment tools will not able to find, will not able to do the exploitation such as like the uh, penetration testing automation tools doing today. And on top of that, we are looking into, and you know, doing more than that. We actually looking into doing the simulation attack into the corporate environment. And we're looking into tool sets that able to do simulated environment to test whether those network or computing environments had any protection against the known or the unknown malware on the market space and it is such a it's another new tool it pushes and what i refer the timeline to get an early detection so you can protect yourself and put the building blocks around it yes i know that that you know a lot of companies and a lot of individuals worry about the cost but again as i said that how much is it to recover, go through the business continuity process or recover your digital assets. And that's where we draw the parallel and, you know, how much is it cost to increase your cybersecurity posture versus how much you have to spend to repair your reputation, to regain your database. And don't forget, there are penalties now is going to be increasing from all the agencies, all the states, all the regulators is going to be penalizing for the people who get data bridges. And these are the things that what we are trying to help not only by putting the right types of tools at the right cost, but also providing the cyber insurance as a package for our client. And you know, it's getting and hearing this type of fire-eye incidents again, first, we all knew nothing is gonna be perfect. There is no guarantee when it comes to cyber attacks, because the hackers, the cyber criminals, it's getting more sophisticated and it's getting a larger and larger enterprise. Now they are state runs country sponsors. And they might not necessarily just going after the digital uh, uh, intellectual properties or secrets. They just making money along the way because that's the low hanging fruit. So they can continue to sponsor this type of cyber criminal attacks because they are, you know, they can get funding from the smaller company, from the individuals who are have low protections and continue to fund this type of cyber criminal so they can continue to go after the bigger targets such as the government, such as FireEye. And it becomes an enterprise on its own and it becomes a business on its own. And now they can utilize this type of tool one okay let me go after the small medium-sized businesses to get the financial reward so they can continue to fund it and go after the larger targets and that's what they're doing and it becomes and the whole you know it's an organization and it becomes its own ecosystem in the dark web environment so so um isn't it
0: true? You mentioned it's become an industry. So there's specialization within the hacking industry, right? So isn't it true that there are people that just specialize in finding these vulnerabilities and, and breaching them? And once they found organizations that they can breach, they then sell on that those details or that opportunity, that sales opportunity mm-hmm. to, the, to the to the people that will actually deliver the ransomware. Is absolutely that, that it, correct?
1: It, it, it's just the same thing you you know you're above the network you're above the internet. You are, when you're above the service it's a similar situation the venture capital funding the corporation the corporation you know hiring those talented skill set to create this type of tool such as in FireEye, and it's the same type of process business process mm-hmm. in, below the service in the dark web environment and there are a lot of people doing that and they just loving it they just doing it like a hobby and but rather they want to work for a legitimate company they might want to work in the dark web to do this type of uh uh, secret deals and and because they like the mystery you know the mystery behind it or they just don't want to work for a corporation but they still have this you know skill set with them And there are cyber criminal organizations promoting this type of activities, hiring this type of professionals, if you may, quote unquote, in the dark web, and to do this type of activities. And we have seen that. And you know what? I have personally seen this type of activity in other countries. And it's just the same thing as like a legitimate organization. They get rewarded if they find, you know, this type of hacks or they producing uh, uh, these type of you know tool sets that can and then they're gonna sell it on the dark web. And you know what, just go Google it. You know, how to I find how do I buy you know account in the dark web. They actually teach you in the YouTube step by step how to set up your dark web account how to you know get Bitcoins to conduct this type of business. So, James, if we run out of work, we can be a hacker too. It's easy. <laughs>
0: it's, de- it's definitely a growth industry, <laughs> one of the few remaining growth industries, that's for sure, isn't it? Un- unregulated, exactly. uh, high growth. And you don't
1: have to pay tax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tax-free, exactly.
2: And that's where we're promoting illegal activities.
1: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So, you know, these type of things that we, you know, for me, it, that's my, reaction and looking at it i'm so concerned about all those businesses who still think that oh it's it's not going to be going after us or it's too much money to fix what we have and in fact that you know we work with a non-profit organization to provide these type of corporate hygienes you know to send it out for free just to bring up the awareness If not doing anything about it and staff awareness is something that we push a lot and it doesn't cost anything. It's cost, you know, it it pennies a day in in relative terms, you know, so these type of things, as long as that you bring up the awareness of your organizations, then the less chance you're going to get attacked. And that's what we are trying to promote and try to push and emphasize people, take advantage of those free tools, take advantage of those you know, low cost, uh, but has great ROI in terms of the business activity, such as educating your workforce. And these type of things that we push so hard, but you know, let's hope our audience will continue to pay attention to this.
0: Well, I, I just want to end on that point. So, Sean, um, can you speak to a little bit? Um, how much should a small business owner be budgeting for uh, cyber insurance, as well as the tools and, and maybe a service f- from a reputable vendor that, that would that would would give them the peace of mind that at least they've got experts on their side that can help them yeah. um, prevent, the, you know, events happening like uh, like these ransomware
2: incidents. Oof. From a small business perspective, um, they a managed service for these for the cybersecurity is can be quite affordable and can be quite attractive from a budgetary standpoint. And a good managed service provider for cybersecurity is going to understand your business, understand your budgetary limitations, and. Be able to ask the right questions to understand clearly where you intend to go over a period of time. And no small business should be should feel like they need to spend a huge amount to become cybersecurity uh you know to a certain standard in a very short time period. Because you have a regular regular operations you need to run, a good service provider is going to understand that and walk with you over a period of time to get you from here to there over a period that's comfortable for the business owner. And so if that's- So just year, say it, Sean, how much would that be
1: well, per month? It, what do you
2: think it, per user? It, it could be- Tell us. It, it could be about the cost of a cup of coffee per employee per month. It's not terribly expensive. It's, as you said, pennies a day for if you look at it over the course of a month and even a year, but the cost of an incident is going to be substantially more to come in and clean up the incident and try to save your business. If they lock up files that you have to pay ransom for, that's going to cost you money. If they come in and destroy your networks, you're going to have to hire somebody to come in and fix everything that was broken, and potentially replace hardware. Servers aren't cheap. And the labor, the specialty of the engineers to do all of that work is not cheap. So recovering from an incident can be quite costly to a small business and potentially ruin it. And we know that statistically that small businesses typically don't survive uh, a breach. 60%. If not greater than that. And that's the number of, of, as I've said before, that's the number of people that have, have reported an incident and failed. Not the number of people that failed to report and failed. And that's assuming they even knew what was going on in their environment. Well, besides that, as I said, there are a lot of free tools out
1: there as well. If they want to tackle this on their own, they don't have to, you know, do a whole lot or engage with anybody. But uh, of course, these are the things that what we keep talking about is layers and layers of protection that needs to think about and consider and there are benchmarks that need to measure against to make sure that the corporate hygiene is being conduct or being you know uh, regularly maintained and these just like the personal healthcare you know you exercise and you eat, have diet and it's not just one time a year it's constantly you have to do this type of thing but however there are free tools and free you know guidelines that
2: you know anybody can start Without cost, you know, to ask about the cost again. I'm sitting here looking out my window, and one of my neighbors just had a, a plumber pull up. Let's say they have to replace the water heater. Well, if they have to replace a water heater, there's a few different ways to do this. I can do it myself, use free tools, Stanley, and I guarantee that plumber's gonna, me. That plumber's going to be back here next week. <laughs> I can. Put, I can. I can. He can understand my budget and recommend one of those tankless water heaters. Well, I can't afford that. So to your point, Stanley, how much is it going to cost? You too, James. How much is it going to cost? Well, I can give you a figure, but if it doesn't work within your budget, then it doesn't mean anything to you. If if the provider asks the right questions about what does your business look like, how many people live in your house, how much water is consumed, you should use this size water heater. You need this size tank. It's going to last this long. Same thing for cybersecurity. What's your business? What's it look like? This is the best place to start, and it's going to cost you this. And where you want to go is going to cost you this plus this. But you don't need to start with where you want to be tomorrow because you can't afford it, and you're not ready to do this. You're not prepared. So a good provider is going to understand where you are today, where you want to go, and get you there in a process that makes sense for your business that you can afford, that makes sense for your employees to understand their role in this whole thing, and give you time to prepare for where you wanna go. It's no different than everything else you wanna grow your business with. You wanna sell a bunch more widgets that you produce? Well, you gotta prepare for that. You can't just do it tomorrow. So it's really about having a partnership with a company that you wanna work with, that understands what is best for you and not just trying to sell you a solution, not just trying to sell you a product and expect you to figure out how to use it. As Stanley has said, there are tools out there and all this stuff, you asked, why is it important for people to understand the repercussions of FireEye? And we're not trying to poke a finger in the eye of FireEye because by the grace of God go I. It's important that people understand the, the risks that are brought to the marketplace. And you need somebody that understands how to use these tools to protect your business. That's what we do. And you can't just go out there and expect to know how to run it with these tools. The tools that, that NetSwitch provides to its clients, I couldn't do them. I'm not technical. You know, so you need people that understand what they're doing. And that's the other question to ask when you're talking to a provider. Do they truly understand the tools that they're using? And how much are they bringing to your your environment? You don't need to understand the details of how it works. You just need to know what they're delivering.
0: No, again, in my business, we use LastPass uh, Enterprise. That's about $30 a year per, per employee or something, per account. It's uh, virtually nothing, but it's a, it's a great start. If you don't have it, it's a great improvement yep. compared to where you were before. And there have been improvements Costas on, the, on some of the
2: browsers. Edge, Firefox, and Chrome all have pretty good password management tools, and they're improving those as well. So it's not just LastPass, but there are the others out there that help your life better. Got gotcha. you. But Sean, I think that I agree with you is the knowledge
1: is the power. Is when you go through this type of process to understand where your risk is or, you know, your cybersecurity posture along with your corporate risk and knowing that and able to see it in front of your eye. And that's the powerful knowledge to that you need to have and to be prepared for for the next step and the years to come. So, and yeah, that's the what people need to start looking into is able to can they actually see where their risk is you that's a great point yeah
0: wonderful well that was a great discussion gentlemen so i i was thinking i was really um instructive to explain what how fire eye and want cry is going to relate to forthcoming months the risks that small businesses are going to face uh, in, in in their in their cyber defenses so thanks for explaining that breaking that down for us and and um i look forward to speaking on the next episode Great. so thanks Great. thanks to you both thanks james, thanks, thanks, james. To speak to you next take care time. take care